Hey, this is Scott Taylor. I am so glad that you have joined us. I'm the pastor of Turning Point Church, and we would love to connect with you. You can connect with us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, at TPCGVL, or you could text the word CONNECT to 864-479-4483. We've got a word for you today that I hope challenges you and inspires you. continue that on. I want to welcome those who are watching online, those who are listening online. If you're wondering in the room why I do this every single week is because our podcast is of the message only. So this is the portion that they hear. And I went in and looked this morning and we've got people from all over the world that listen to our podcast. Our top 10 cities are not just here, we've got a couple of cities in the upstate, but then we've got California, and you've got Texas, you've got Louisiana, you've got West Australia. I mean, people all over the place are hearing our message and the message of Jesus. So it's important that we take a moment to welcome them, don't you think? Now, let's just welcome those who are listening and online in the podcast. Thank you for doing that. Means so much because you're welcoming them into our family, and you're not just an afterthought. You're not just somebody that we just ah yeah we'll we'll throw a camera in the room. You mean something to us. We're glad you're here, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd love to hear where you're watching from. Wouldn't it be interesting to go and look on the Facebook feed and see where people are watching? So, if you're watching from somewhere else in the in the world, let us know where that is. So, searching for truth, we're we're ending the series today. And I thought it would be appropriate because we've dove into some, some issues and, and some things that maybe you weren't familiar with or aware of. And I thought it'd be a good idea to sort of go through a recap and what we've learned and what we've talked about. So the first thing I would tell you is we learned that it's spiritual. Like the battles you're facing, the battles you're fighting, it's not against your, your coworker or your neighbor or your boss or your kids or your spouse or, your, or anybody like that, it's a spiritual battle because we're fighting battles that are in the spirit realm that we're not aware of, that we don't see. And, and God has prepared us for that battle. We learned that it's spiritual, so we've got to keep a spiritual mindset and have the, the Word of God and things like that in our life. We're going to talk about that today. And then we challenged you from the very beginning that whatever you're doing now, just make it better. Like if you're reading God's Word a little bit, read it a little bit more. If you're not reading at all, start. If you're giving just a little bit, then give a little bit more. If you're giving kind of here and there, then start giving consistently. If you're not giving at all, just start and watch what God does in your life. If you're serving just a little bit, serve more. If you're not serving, start. You get the picture. If you're praying just a little bit, pray more. If you're not praying, start. Make it better. So whatever you're doing now, just make it better. Make progress toward following Jesus toward those spiritual disciplines. And then we learned that there are five foundational statements that it means to be a Christ follower. These are called the five solas. And uh, I would check you to, encourage you to go check that message out if you want to know more about it. But, but listen, we as Christians believe we're, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, by Christ alone, according to Scripture alone, all to the glory of God alone. It's a really good message for you to check out just to hear the foundations of what it means to be a Christ follower. And then the last couple of weeks, we talked about the Trinity and what the Trinity is. And I explained to you that I could not explain it to you because our finite minds just can't wrap our minds around an infinite God. And that's just one of those things that when we get to heaven, we're going to have to ask God about. 
How God can exist in three persons being separate but still be one, I don't know and I can't tell you, but we tried so you can check that out. But today I want to make some statements to you. And listen to me, there is a difference between absolute statements. So if you are younger, you probably make a lot of absolute statements. I will never. My wife made us absolute statement when she was young. I will never marry a preacher. And I was in school to be an engineer, so at the time she was safe. But it's her fault because she also said, I will never pastor be, be married to a senior pastor of a church. It's all your fault, okay? So you don't make absolute statements because absolute statements are made with assumptions. And I'm not going to, from the pulpit, break down what that means. You can't make assumptions, but I can make definitive statements because definitive statements are made based on fact. And so I'm going to make some definitive statements today, and I'd love to talk to you about it. If you disagree with this, we can have that conversation later. But I think today may help you with this. And I want to make a statement that Jesus is superior. So superiority of Jesus is what we're going to talk about today. But I didn't want to write the superiority of Jesus because I wanted to make this statement. Jesus is superior. Because if Jesus is not superior, then we might as well shut the doors, turn off the light, and stop what we're doing because none of it matters. Like we're just doing it in jest. Like we're just doing it to take up time. Jesus is superior. And if Jesus is superior, then it needs to affect the way you live. Like it needs to affect the places you go, the people you go with, the things that you do, and how you talk to those people and with those people. If Jesus is superior, then it should matter in your life. So that's the first statement I want to make to you. Like Jesus is superior. That's what this Easter season teaches us, what it shows us. It's what this is all about. It's why we come to church. It's why we can be a follower and a believer of Jesus. The second statement I want to make to you is that Jesus is Lord. And this is where we're going next week for the Easter message. I'm going to show you next week that it matters whether or not He is Lord of your life. Like if He's going to be Lord of your life, then He needs to be Lord of your life. And so I'm going to show you what that means next week. And I'm going to show you a, a, an example that you may have read over and skipped over a, a hundred times in reading the Bible. But the, Jesus is Lord. And in fact, this has become my prayer. Lord, Jesus, be Lord of my life. Like, let me put all the other things to the side. And Lord, just be Lord of my life. And we'll talk about what this word, Lord, means next week so i hope that you'll join us and bring somebody because it's going to be good and the last thing i want to tell you is that jesus is risen we just saw the video uh, jesus is risen and the reason that we can say that is because we know that jesus came to the earth and he came born of a virgin he raised and lived a life just like you he had to go through parents just like you. He had to do his chores just like you. He had to be a teenager just like you. He had to work just like you. And then he had three years of ministry that changed the world forever. He was put on a cross and he was put in a tomb and he didn't stay there because there is no human remains of the man Jesus anywhere to be found because he is risen. 
This is what Christianity is about. This is what our relationship is about. Like, this is what it means to follow Jesus, y'all. And so that's what we want to talk about today. Jesus is risen. He is Lord. If Jesus is superior, then you should live like it. So I'm going to say this. I'm going to make this statement to you. In 2023, it is the most inconvenient, perhaps, that it's been in our lifetime to be a follower of Jesus. And I say the word inconvenient because, hey, we got first world problems, right? Like we are not, we're, our life is not at stake if we are a follower of Jesus, our churches are not being raided, and we are not being drug out, and we're not being, okay, either commit to say yes to Jesus, or I'm going to chop your head off. There are people in the world right now that are living that way. You understand that, right? And we're inconvenienced because somebody says something on Facebook. And we get all up in arms, and we want to fight, and we want to argue. and we, You're not going to win anybody by arguing with them. You're going to win them. By loving them like Jesus. The only people that Jesus really put in their place and mm, called, he called them names were the religious people, the Christian people. Well, they weren't Christians, right? The religious people of the day. So it's not up to us to argue. It's up to us to show them the love of Christ. And we've talked about that. See, all year we've been kind of building up to this point. If Jesus is superior, then you should live like it. It should affect where you go, who you go with, what you do, and how you talk when you get there. It should affect what you watch on your phone. It should affect what you watch on your TV. It should affect what you listen to on the radio. Is that an old term, listen to it on the radio? I mean, it should affect what you listen to. It should affect every area of your life because if He is Lord of your life, then it will affect every area of your life. So what I want us to do is remember last week we began talking about the fact in the Spirit that we are to be praying in the Spirit. And when we're praying in the Spirit, it's this power that we have to put on the armor of God. If the armor of God is the equipment for the battle, prayer is where you fight the battle. Prayer is the battle, y'all. And so if you're not practicing prayer, that sounds wrong to say in church, doesn't it? But what, do, what does the military do? They train. They practice. What do football, basketball, baseball, they train. They practice. Why? So when the game comes, when the battle comes, when the time comes, they're not trying to figure out what to do. They know what to do. Because it's muscle memory and they've learned and they've trained and they've honed in on their skills. That's the way we should be approaching our life. Prayer is the battle and the armor of God is the equipment that you need. But you can't stop at the armor. You've got you've to put that on. You've got to clothe yourself in prayer. In the Spirit. Go back and check last week's message out if you missed it. So Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 through 16. You're going to recognize verse 16. But I think it's really important that we take a look at, at the previous two verses. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So who is our high priest? Jesus, the Son of God. We talked, it's kind of wrapping up everything we've talked about. Let us hold fast our confession. 
For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Yeah, but Jesus didn't have the internet. Yeah, but Jesus didn't have the internet. And as a kid who grew up as a teenager in the 80s, (laughs) thank God we didn't have the internet. But was in all points tempted as we are. Yet, without sin. Jesus was tempted in every way that you are. He was tempted with every temptation. It might have been the internet. It might not have been these computers that we put in our back pocket. But he was tempted with the same temptation. He was tempted to, do, to fulfill the same need that that may feel. Okay? Yet he was without sin because he's the only person ever to walk the face of the earth that was 100% man and 100% God. 100% flesh, but 100% God. And he was perfect. And that's so important that we understand and grasp that. That's why we've spent so much time building up on that. Look at verse 16. This is the one that you're probably familiar with, right? Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. And there's a reason that these verses go together. But before we dive into that, what have I told you? That anytime you see the word therefore, you got to go back and see what it's there for. And so to understand the therefore, and to understand why verse 16 is a promise, you need to understand the context in which Hebrews was written. So the writer of Hebrews was writing to the Jewish Christians of their day. Now these were the Christians that were being persecuted. These were the Christians that were going through the persecution of Nero, which was the greatest persecution, like it was death. Christians were being burned at the stake. They were being hung upside down. I mean, it was a bad time to be a Christian. And so these Jewish Christians were basically asking this question. Is it worth it? Is this conversion that I've done from the way that I've lived to the way that I am living now as a Christian, is any of that worth this? Is it worth my life? Is it worth me giving up what I used to do, where I came from, what I know best, what's comfortable to me? Is it worth living this life where I'm not comfortable anymore? Is it worth living this life where I have to make sacrifices and I have to maybe lose some relationships? Well, my question to you is, are you wondering the same thing? Like, are you struggling with that thought? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to be a Christian? Is it worth it to go to school and have to be the Christian in school? Feel like you're the only one. Is it worth it to go to work and to have a conversation and all the language and all the words be floating around and you be different? Is it worth it? Is it worth it to give up the thing, the person, the relationship, the habit, the resounding message of Hebrews? is yes, it is. It is worth it to live and to be a follower of Jesus. And that's what I'm going to show you today. So it's this message of, is it worth it? What if there is more for you than just being a Christian? What if there's more? Like, what if 
It's not enough just to get in and close the door in the gates of heaven and be like, woo, I made it. Like, what if there's more for you? Like, what if the more for you is not just the blessings of God like you may think of the blessings of God. Not just the blessings of God like the TV preacher with the bad hair and the dumb suit tells you, hey, if you if you send me $5. No, none of that. That's not what we're talking about. What if the blessings of God isn't in houses and cars and bank accounts? What if the blessings of God, we find His favor that only He can give? And an intimacy with God the Father. Like the creator of the universe. You can have intimacy. You can have relationship with Him. And what if you can find fulfillment in that? Listen, y'all. Fulfillment cannot be found on Amazon. Fulfillment cannot be found at the car dealership. Fulfillment cannot be found at the end of the bottle or in a can or in a package. Fulfillment is found in Christ. And if you have been searching for more, wondering why you feel empty, maybe it's because you're searching and pursuing the wrong things. In God's blessings, we can find favor. And we can find intimacy with the Father that brings that fulfillment. And Jesus made that possible. So I want to teach you a little something about the Old Testament sacrifice. And because Hebrews was written to the Jewish Christians of the day, it was written that there was an assumption of the Old Testament sacrifice that was being made, right? So the system of Old Testament sacrifice. There was this this assumption because this is what they were looking to go back to because this is what they knew best. It's what they had grown up knowing and understanding and were comfortable with. And there's really no difference in them being comfortable in that and you being comfortable in your fill-in-the-blank. Your Bed Springs Church. (laughs) Your find it in the bottom of the bottle. Your whatever lifestyle. Your arms of the other person. Your, y'all get it. So in the Old Testament sacrifice system, the high priest would enter into the most holy of holies. But listen to me. There are two things about that that you need to know. Every time the high priest, who was just a human, would enter into the holy of holies, he would have to bring a sacrifice with him. Because he was insufficient. He could not enter in on his own. He had to bring something with him in order to make the sacrifice to be in the holy of holies. And... You may not have thought about this, but there was no seat, there was no chair in the Holy of Holies. And the reason there was no chair in the Holy of Holies is quite simple because the work was never done. What do you do when you're done working? What do you do when you finish cutting the grass? What do you do when you finish building the thing? What do you do when you finish the, the, the job? You sit down. Why? Because you're done. Right? Like there's just something about going out and sweating and cutting the grass and being done and now you trimmed it up and you blown the, the grass off and you trimmed with the weed eater and you sit down and you look on the back and it's all nice and cut and it's nice and green and it's, right? And you sit down because you're done. The work is completed. 
Jesus, who is our high priest now, because the Old Testament sacrifice pointed to a better sacrifice, the Old Testament system was insufficient for the sins of the people. That's why it had to be continual. Jesus brought himself. And it was finished because he was sufficient. See, the entire time in the Old Testament that they're entering and they're making all the sacrifices and they're doing the temple and they're bringing their animals and the high priest is doing his job, it was pointing to a better way. It's God's plan the entire time. And it's why John 3.16 matters. For God so loved the world that he gave because Jesus is sufficient. And it's why when Jesus came, he lived his life, he was placed on the cross, and before he gave up his life and he died, he said, it is finished. In other words, I've done what no one else could do. In the history of the world, I've done it because I'm a 100% man and I died on the cross and you can relate to me and I'm 100% God, which means he didn't die. His body was placed in the tomb, but he got busy and he took the keys of death and hell and he rose again on the third day and he appeared. We're gonna talk about it. He appeared to hundreds of people. He appeared for 40 days. Like you cannot deny that Jesus was dead on the cross. He was put in the tomb. The body wasn't there. And that Jesus walked around on the earth. It's historic fact. Jesus is risen. He is superior. And he is Lord. Then he ascended to heaven. And the Bible tells us that he's sitting at the right hand of the Father. You've heard that if you've grown up in church. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. The right hand seat is a seat of authority and power to rule from heaven through his people on earth. That's why he gave us the Holy Spirit so we can have God in us. He went from God with us because of Jesus God in us. Ephesians chapter 1, if you've not read the prayer in Ephesians chapter 1 that Paul prays over the church, It's the prayer that I pray for you. It's the prayer that I pray for my family. It is a power-packed prayer. And I don't have time to read the whole thing today, but I would encourage you to go back and read Ephesians chapter 1, the last part, where it's this prayer over the church. So we're going to catch Paul in mid-prayer. And I've kind of caught you up to where we are now, which he worked in Christ when he raised him, Jesus, from the dead and seated him at his right hand in heavenly places. Far above, listen to what he is saying here. Far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only that in this age, but which is the age to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be head over all things to the church which is his body the fullness of him who fills all in all listen to me 
You want to know why it's important you come to church? You want to know why it's important you're part of the body? Because that's where Jesus is. That's how you are connected to the head is being connected to the body. And if you want to know the greatest frustration of every pastor in America, but especially the one standing on stage, is the inconsistency of the body. The inconsistency of preaching the word and telling you and offering opportunities and offering classes and offering things through an app and online for you to grow in your relationship with God and it not happen. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. Pray for my wife because she has to live with me. Being connected to the body is what gives you the freedom and the power to live for Him. You're not going to be able to do it effectively without it. Hebrews chapter 2. So let's kind of work our way back through Hebrews up to chapter 4. Therefore, there it is again. We've talked about this before already. Talking about the superiority of Jesus. Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to all to the things we have heard, least we drift away. That's the New King James Version. So maybe a little better English version says this. For this reason, we must pay attention to we must pay attention all the more to what we have heard, so that we will not drift away. Can I remind you of a sermon that we did last year? All you have to do to drift is nothing. You go stand in the ocean and your feet are family, firmly planted on the sand and the water's like this and you're just doing this thing and maybe you got your back to the beach and you're playing with your kids or you're playing with whatever and you're just not paying attention. The next thing you know, you look down and you started up here. What the world? Can I just tell you something? Without a focal point and without fighting the current, you're going to drift. So can I put this in spiritual language for you? If you're neglecting the spiritual disciplines, you will drift from God. Acts 2.42, we talked about this. What are those? God's word, godly fellowship, in the temple and in homes, worship, the spiritual disciplines, and prayer. Hebrews chapter 3, so we're working our way through. Beware, brethren, lest in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God, but exhort one another daily. Exhort who? One another. How often? Daily. Exhort one another daily while it is called today. Don't put it off. You may be the encouragement somebody needs to hear. Text them, call them, visit them, reach out to them, tap them on the back, give them a hug. Encourage them. For we have become partakers of Christ if we hold the beginning of our confidence steadfast to the end. One of the primary purposes of the church. And we're going to be talking about this language the rest of the year. One of the primary purposes of the local church is to create an environment where believers help one another. Let me just say it this way once again. You are not an only child. You have a family of God. You have millions and billions of brothers and sisters who need you, who are counting on you, 
And maybe right now you need them. We've got to be that to them. You want to screenshot that real quick? I've given it to you before, but these are some of the one another's that we're responsible for, y'all. There are people that need love and we need to bear burdens and we need to be kind and we need to forgive. (laughs) We need to comfort and edify them. We need to encourage them. If you'll read the end of 1 Thessalonians 5, you'll, you'll see kind of how that bears out and plays how you can live your life. We're going to come back to that later in a sermon. Remember this? Hebrews 4.16 Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So why does it matter? Hebrews I think I'm going to go back to what I was. I don't know if all this is worth it. I don't know if it's worth my life. Why does any of it matter in 2023? Because whatever you're facing Whatever you're going through, Jesus can meet your needs. He is the answer. And he's done everything that you need to be that in your life. He's done it all. It's already done. Jesus is superior and he is fighting for you. Why does it matter to be part of the body of Christ so we can take care of one another? Why does it matter to be a follower of Jesus? Why does it matter to go past salvation? Why does it matter to pursue a relationship with Him? Because you can have the confidence to fight the fight by putting on the armor and you can be who God wants you to be in other people's lives. And listen to me, you can enter into the throne of grace to receive what you need when you need it most. Because Jesus is superior and He's fighting for you. Why in the world are you putting your trust and faith and following things that fight you and not put it in the one that will fight for you? End it with this. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 6 and 8, verses 6 and 7. But now he has ordained a more excellent ministry, Jesus. Inasmuch as he is also the mediator of a better covenant. New Testament, he paid it all. No need to do the sacrificial thing. No need to have a priest do it for you. You can go enter into on your own. For if the first covenant had been faultless, then no place would have been sought for a second. If the first one was good enough, Jesus wouldn't have had to come, but he did. And the veil was torn. And because the veil was torn when Jesus died on the cross, we can now enter into the throne room of grace and have a relationship with Jesus. In that, he says, a new covenant, he has made the first one obsolete. Jesus is superior. Get that? Let me just put it plain. The choice is yours. Obey. God's word and draw close to him or disobey and drift. Neglect and drift. Pursue and follow. And we can do that because Jesus is superior and the work is completed. It is finished. And that's what we're going to see this week. If you'll read the story of Jesus' week that we celebrate.
And we're going to talk about that on Easter next Sunday. Would you stand with me? Hey, listen, maybe you're fighting some things right now and you're feeling low and you've got some stuff going on and you just need some prayer. We're going to have a team of people down here to pray with you, to pray for you. Not going to judge you. Not going to go, ooh. Not going to tell what's going on. But if you're in the room today and you say, you know, I know that I need to make some changes. And I know that I'm not living in a way right now that is glorifying God, glorifying what God did for me. And you would say, but I want to. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to be willing. And we'll help you with the rest and the Holy Spirit will take over and you'll find you have the strength because of what Jesus did. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to ask you this. If you're in the room today and you say, okay, that's me. Light's a little bit higher. Would you just take a moment, raise your hand, make eye contact with me, and you can know that I'm praying for you. And then we've got a gift for you in the back. If you're online, text the word next to that that phone number. Anybody else would say, I just, I want to make it right. I want to try harder. I want to live for God. I I want him to fight for me. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. God, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you, Jesus, for what you did for us. Thank you, God, that you had a plan. Jesus, for following through, dying on the cross. Holy Spirit, for bringing him out of the grave and living inside of us. Thank you, Jesus, for being superior. Now, Lord, be Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. Help me to live for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, listen, if you're here today, you would like prayer. They're down here to pray for you. Next week is Easter We'd love to connect, love for you to be here. If you're new here, please go back to my right. Our team's back there just to give you a gift and say thank you for being here. It means so much. You mean so much to us. I hope you'll have a great week and we'll see you next week.